0: Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you along with us on this Thursday already. Where did the week go? As we always say, time flies when you're having fun. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, Northeast Delta Dental, Delta Dental. Has uh, individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan very easily at uh, DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. Well, uh, the uh, insert today in the uh, Concord Monitor, the uh, Concord Insider, has a, a great piece on a show that's coming to the Concord City Auditorium, the Audi, as most people refer to it. Uh, And that's going to be next weekend, February 16th through the 18th, Agatha Christie's witness for the prosecution. And uh, we will be talking more about that uh, later in the show. But great piece today in the Monitor about uh, the show itself and some of the uh, performers uh, in the show. So you might want to uh, pick that up and uh, check it out in today's Concord Monitor. So many things. Uh, in the uh, monitor today and uh, as, as there is uh, every day, but, uh, you know, breaking news in the restaurant world, which I think a lot of people probably found out uh, for the first time today by reading the Concord monitor. I know I only found out uh, this morning that there is, uh, you know, going to be some changes in the uh, restaurant world uh, in the capital city and coming soon. And uh, David Brooks had an article talking about that today in the Concord Monitor. And uh, a team, including the owner of Tandy's Top Shelf Restaurant in Concord, has bought Hermano's uh, Restaurant, one of the city's oldest single-owner restaurants. And uh, this uh, conglomerate will be reopening Vinny's Pizza. I know a lot of people very disappointed uh, when uh, Vinnie's closed its doors. Uh, not too long ago, but too long uh, for a lot of people. Uh, and uh, according to Greg Tandy of Tandy's Top Shelf, Hermanos, we're going to keep it the same. It has been a landmark in Concord for 40 years, so why change that? Uh, said Tandy, who purchased the business with a property developer Scott Austin. All the employees are staying and they are making no changes. Uh, Hermano's dates back to April 27, 1984, when it opened at 11 Hills Ave, between stores and South Main streets. Its building previously held carrying gifts and was built as a meat processing plant, handling signs of beef brought by train on an adjoining rail line, right there on Store Street. According to Jane Valliere, who owned Hermanos for decades. Jane, a former radio person. Uh, Jane said she uh, has been looking to get out of the hectic restaurant business for close to five years now. Now, That idea was sidelined by the pandemic, but as business recovered last year, she put the restaurant and its building on the market. Uh, Jane Valier is quoted as saying, it's been difficult, but we've survived. We do more takeout than we did prior to covid Right now, we're doing well. The restaurant sold quickly, and Valier is transitioning to retirement. All these people, a lot younger than me, transitioning to retirement. But not me. Not me. And, and I, I enjoy doing what I do. The little that I do. But uh, it, uh, congratulations to uh, all involved. I know Jane has uh, worked hard, Jane Valier, for years. Uh, at uh, Hermanos, it's been uh, one of the uh, landmark restaurants uh, for decades in downtown Concord. And now it will be under new ownership. As will Vinnie's Pizzeria. Popular restaurant squeezed into a narrow strip of land between South Main and West Street. Closed suddenly last summer. Mm, maybe somebody should write a song to that effect. Suddenly last summer. Without explanation and never reopened. Tandy said the work is being done on the building and expects it to open in a month or two. So that is good news. It'll be here for springtime. Vinny's Pizzeria is coming back, much to the delight of uh, many people in our listening audience right now. So that's an update on news from the restaurant world here on WKXL. NHtalkradio.com on this Thursday, February the 8th, which is Boy Scouts Day. I have to ask my uh, eminent producer, Andrew Gibson, were you ever a Boy Scout, Andrew?
1: Um, I, did, I did Cub Scouts for all of six months.
0: <laughs> well, you beat me. <laughs> you beat me because I yeah, I did Cub Scouts. I started out, you know, tying some of the knots and uh, doing uh, – uh, I've, I've tried too many knots in the past. But, uh, yeah, I, I was a Boy Scout and set, set out with good intentions and uh, lasted probably less than six months because our, our dead mother always canceled the meetings. So, I mean, it wasn't really my fault or the fault of the other uh, boys that were uh, in the pack uh, at the time. But the, the dead mother, as it were, just canceled all the time. I think we had, like, maybe in, in three or four months, we got together maybe twice. Uh-huh. That was it. So that, that was my Boy Scout uh, career. So I, 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 I didn't last even six months uh, in the Boy Scouts, but it's a great uh, organization. And it's also Fat Tuesday, Fat Thursday. You, you, everybody's heard of Fat Tuesday, right? This is Fat Thursday, which is observed 52 days before Easter. Fat Thursday being celebrated today. Uh, it's a National Kite Flying Day. You would think National Kite Flying Day would be a little bit later Uh, In the calendar year, like, you know, April, May, uh, perhaps. But here on February 8th, it's National Kite Flying Day. It's National Potato Lovers Day. A Proposed Day. I thought that was coming up next week, Proposed Day, on the 14th. And it's also Opera Day. I really don't know why today has been designated as Opera Day, but it is. So there you have it. Those are the days being commemorated And, uh, folks, I I know uh, there is much chagrin around the area, uh, especially here on Reddington Road, where I pass signs every day. But Marianne Williamson has officially dropped out of the Democratic presidential primary race. So Marianne Williamson's campaign has come to an abrupt halt And she is out of the race. She is out of the race. So there you go. That uh, officially came down uh, last night. So uh, that's the breaking news here on on WKXL this Thursday morning. Uh, Shocking as it is, but uh, she will uh, no longer be campaigning. She will not make it to South Carolina. Or maybe she did, yeah, because the Democratic primary in South Carolina was... uh, Saturday. The Republican primary is still coming up. You know, she was scheduled. Marianne Williams was scheduled to be on this show at least twice. At least twice she was scheduled to be on this show. But she didn't make it to uh, either one of them. They canceled out. Uh, they, they couldn't join us for 10 or 15 minutes, whatever it was. So uh, finally they said, well, could we uh, tape it, uh, you know, like uh, January? Seventeenth uh, uh, between uh, you know eight fifteen p.m. and eight thirty p.m. No, no. You, if you come on this show, you're going to do it live, live right here on the radio. So she didn't have time for us. Probably didn't have time for others as well. And uh, you, you wonder sometimes. You wonder sometimes. And there's nothing against her. I just wonder sometimes why some of these people put so much time and apparently effort into running these presidential campaigns that will go absolutely nowhere. It's probably, in her case, uh, just to sell books. I mean, she's a noted author and humanitarian, spiritualist, she's a fine person. I have nothing against her. But you just wonder, you know, why you solicit funds from people and spend them on advertising and signs and, and what have you. And you know the candidacy is going nowhere. Anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. We'll take a break. We'll come back and update you on <laughs> on Joe Biden. How about that? We'll talk a little bit about all Joe uh, here on WKXL, WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. We are proudly presented by the great folks at Northeast Delta Dental, and uh, we will be right back. We are back, Kale and Company Live, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Uh, this from today's New York Post. Same story, same result. For the third time this week, President Biden told an audience that he discussed the January 6th, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol. With European leaders who were actually dead uh, at the time. On Wednesday, that was uh, yesterday, Biden told Democratic donors in New York that he spoke about the riot with former German Chancellor Helmut Kohl, whose death predates January 6th by nearly half a decade. A shocking gaffe comes just days After the 81-year-old president confused French President Emmanuel Macron with the country's ex-leader, François Mitterrand, who died in 1996. Biden made the blunder in front of audiences at two separate fundraisers as he regaled donors with an anecdote about his first international trip as president to the 2021 G7 Summit in Great Britain after his 2020 election win over Donald Trump. Biden said, and I quote, I showed up and I sat down and said, America's back. And French President Emmanuel Macron looked at me and said, for how long? How long? Not a joke, Biden recalled. According to a pool report of the president's stop, at the home of Maureen White, whose husband, Steve Ratner, manages billionaire former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg's fortune. Helmut Kohl said, this is uh, this is Biden now being quoted once again. Helmut Kohl said, Joe, what would you think if you picked up the phone and picked up the paper tomorrow and learned in the London Times on the front page that 1,000 people stormed the Parliament, broke down the doors of the House of Commons, and killed two bobbies in the process, trying to stop the election of a prime minister, he added. Uh, Cole, by the way, who served as chancellor of Germany from 1982 to 1998, he passed away in 2017, uh, nearly four years before uh, the 2021 G7 summit. Angela Merkel was the chancellor of Germany at the time of the gathering of world leaders that Biden was referring to. About 50 guests, including actor Robert De Niro, were witness uh, to the gaffe. Uh, Biden also referenced uh, Helmut Kohl of Germany during the telling of a nearly identical antidote during a stop at the uh, Mandarin Oriental Hotel near Columbus Circle in New York for an event uh, there of uh, a nonprofit group and uh, a member of... uh, Mayor Eric Adams' COVID-19 Recovery Task Force was there. Oh, man. Uh, You know something? You know, really, it's not to make fun of the president. He is 81 years old. I'm not quite that age as yet. And listen, my power of recall is not as good as, as it once was. But the fortunate part for everyone in the whole world is that I'm not the president of the United States, and he is, and running for yet another term. I mean, everybody ages differently. I mean, some people at 81 or older are very sharp. I I have a neighbor that's uh, considerably older than Joe Biden. However, a lot sharper than Joe Biden. So it's not it's not a blanket statement that all people who reach eighty years old uh, are forgetful. Everybody ages differently. But I know even at my advanced advanced age, I, I have I can remember things I, I guess this is pretty typical from what I understand. I can remember things that happened decades ago, but then try to remember the kind of September. No, try to remember. What I did yesterday, I mean, I, w- I was talking about a, a basketball game this, just this past weekend that I had broadcast. And I was talking with somebody about this on a Sunday and uh, talking about uh, a New England College women's basketball game that I had done uh, the day before. And the person asked me, who were they playing? And you know what? I had to think about it for about 30 seconds before I could remember who they played the day before. So I know, it happens. It happens. But the unfortunate part is that this gentleman is running once again to be the most powerful man in the world. I mean, it doesn't matter if I remember who any team played the night before or, or that day or whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter. It matters when you're president of the United States and you're talking about, uh, you know, world leaders that have passed away. Well, you know, long before uh, that uh, you made reference to them uh, being in the story, that the stories that you're telling, you know, uh, Helmut Kohl and Francois Mitterrand. I think it's pretty well known at least it should be well known if you're the president of the United States, that they passed away years and years ago. So, I mean, yeah, it it can be funny. I know, you know, various networks, you know, play the clips of uh, Biden stumbling and fumbling, but it's not really funny. Uh, um, Yeah, sure, I get a laugh out of it. And I think a lot of people do. And, uh, you know, it, 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 shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be that way, folks. It just should not be that way. You can't have the leader of the free world stumbling and fumbling in front of a world audience. It is a sign of weakness. And we can ill afford that uh, in this country. You have seen what has happened. I don't have to go through a chapter and verse, but you can see what has happened during the course of this administration and the actions that other countries have taken as a result of our perceived weakness in this country. And maybe it's not perceived. Maybe it's true. So you've got to think about it. When you go to the polls and, you know, I'm not, I'm not, endorsing uh, donald trump he's up there too but i mean if you compare uh, the appearances of, of donald trump and joe biden they're totally different uh, trump is a little bit younger than biden i i think most of the country hopes or, or hoped that it would not come down to this again i know i did i was hoping it would not come down to biden and trump again but we are heading in that direction. We're heading in that direction. This is is this the best we can do? Is is this really the best we can do? It's baffling to me. It really and truly is. After what has taken place in this administration and the Democrats uh, trot him out again. He won't take questions. He won't for the second year in a row, he's not doing the Super Bowl interview on Sunday. I, I don't recall the president. I mean, and that's, that was a tradition. Uh, it's Super Bowl 58. I will bet for 56 of them, the president has sat down for an interview because that has become a Super Bowl tradition. But the last two, Biden has refused. Now, it's not like Sean Hannity is going to be interviewing him on Fox it's CBS folks that's that's carrying the Super Bowl this year. They're gonna throw some softballs at you. But he still agrees not to do it. Uh, it it's it, I know for, for most people it's exasperating. It, it really and truly is. I, I just uh, I don't get it. And uh it's 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 something that no I don't think anyone if you if you ask somebody I yeah, polled somebody just took a, a, a poll on the streets of Concord. As Democrat as Concord is, they would not be hoping for another uh, Biden-Trump rematch. I don't think anybody really wanted that. But it looks like it's inevitable. Anyway, all right, I'll uh, get down from my, <laughs> my soapbox. But really, folks, really... We'll talk about something a lot more enjoyable than that. We'll talk about the theater in Concord. And we'll do that right after these words. Kale & Company right here, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. Back in a flash right here, WKXL com. Stay with us. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL. NHtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, we have been talking uh, since uh, we started this program on uh, a number of occasions about the community players of Concord. And we will continue that grand tradition here this morning on uh, Kale & Company as we have Matt Mutry uh, in studio, who is the uh, director of the upcoming Witness for the Prosecution, at uh, the Audi the Audi in downtown Concord And uh, Amelia Halstead is with us And uh, welcome to both of you Great to have you with us Thank you, thank, thank you, Ken. Ken Great to be here And uh, Matt, as I said, is the director of the show mm. And Amelia is one of the stars uh, uh, of the show uh, what, what role do you play, Amelia?
2: I play Romaine, yes Okay And uh, I don't want to give a whole bunch away Because uh, no, anybody no. who's... We... <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, we wouldn't want you to do that. We yeah. want to keep the audience in suspense. I'm, I'm sure many, many people uh, who have, uh, uh, you know, uh, listening, who are listening to us now have read the book or they've seen the movie mm-hmm. or uh, whatever it may be. And I'm, I'm sure many uh, know the plot, but we don't want to give anything away. I know I, I read <laughs> that uh, the audience, uh, no member of the audience can uh, can leave the theater uh, uh, 15 minutes prior to the end of the show. That's true. Yeah. okay yes. It's very suspenseful, very... Uh, uh, well, very intense and, and what have you. So mm. the uh, Community Players of conquered a great organization. It's been around for a while. This is just the 96th season. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know neither one of you were around for the start. I was a lot closer to being around for that than you guys were. <laughs> uh, but uh, have you had uh, involvement in the past uh, with Community Players?
2: This is my first show with the Community Players. Ah. Uh, not my first show in theater, uh, but um, uh, it's such yeah. a gift and a joy to, to work with all of them because I've heard so much and had a chance to witness some of their production in the past, and it was just great to be able to finally have a chance to audition.
0: Wow. Now, now was this a... a particular favorite show of yours did you audition for that reason or no actually
2: i was just telling matt um last january i did a show with the streetcar performers up in laconia and my role then is very similar to the role i'm playing now in a very different context um but i thought well i could probably do that i feel like i just did that let's do it (laughs) a little differently (laughs) yeah
0: so you have been involved in theater for quite some time
2: Yeah. yeah yeah
0: And, and Matt, what about you and your, your affiliation with the community players?
1: So, yeah, I first started working with the players back in 2012. I was in the production of Pajama Game. I played the lead role of Sid, and, which, which was funny for me because I had done the same role about 30 years prior in my eighth grade year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of exciting to do that. Um, and also since that production um i have been uh directing one act plays when they've had certain festivals through the years mm-hmm. um, and i've written a lot of my own plays uh, I, I do um write stage plays as one act and two act plays and yes. so um and actually the nhctas are coming up in september this year um and it's going to be at the Audi, and uh, hopefully I'll have one of my plays in there this year again.
0: Well, terrific! Yeah. Uh, that that would be great. So, take us through the process. People are always, uh, you know, uh, curious about what takes place before uh, the uh, the play or, or you know musical goes. On stage, so there's an audition process. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, yes, and so uh, Amelia, uh, I, I'm sure you've been through auditions before. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not always an easy process nope. by any stretch of the imagination. So, did you audition specifically for? this role or was it like you know
2: it was uh this one or one other and largely because one of the things i love to do and know that i can do are accents um uh-huh. and so being yeah. able to utilize that skill um and share that with folks so that was when when i knew i had to speak in an accent at least in, in probably any of the roles i played i thought yeah that'll work yeah <laughs> i
1: would love to do that
0: yeah so uh, and this is a, a relatively uh, large cast for the show
1: Yes, it is. Uh, we have about 17. Mm-hmm. I think the script is actually, um, has about 25. Yeah. But we, we couldn't get 25. But uh, we are actually using, well, I think I can say it. Uh, we're going... Oh, go ahead. Um, <laughs> we, we can edit this um, later on. Yes.
0: <laughs> Even though we're live now. we'll. Let, no, yeah. no, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay.
1: Um, we're using the audience yeah. as the jury. Yeah. Ah, oh, wow. And that way, so... We can have people feel like they are part of the show, yeah, you know, well, that is
0: very unique, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. now, now, has this you know happened before with this particular play?
2: I don't know. Uh, um, I would say it's interesting because I think it works well because normally you w- don't want to directly um address the audience, breaking yeah. what they call the fourth, fourth wall. wall. Yeah. right? right. right. Yeah. But it yeah. works with this and setting that up so that no, 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 you all are in a part of uh, this process. We're not physically stopping the play and asking them so guilty or not guilty, yeah. but right. <laughs> right. it's a part of that process. But, but
0: they will be up there on stage. How are they selective? Yeah.
1: No, 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 no. Oh. No, it's not yeah. that way. But when I, I guess... Well, I don't want to break the surprise, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> we're using the audience so my actors... Can speak to them directly okay. as if they are the jury, oh, well, and they're going you. to be oh, okay. sitting still in the audience in, in yeah. their same seats. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, very good. Um, yeah. Very good. Because what happens with this kind of play, when you have a courtroom drama, the set is doesn't move, and you can't, and you have the judge in one area. So what happens a lot with actors is called um, you don't want to upstage. The actors, and what right. that means yeah. is, so instead of looking down toward the audience, uh, they have to look towards the judge a lot of times. And what what happens then is that they're turning their back towards the audience, and mm-hmm. you don't want to do that yeah. because, right. of course, then you're you're not including the audience when exactly. you do Exactly. Yeah. And then you lose sound, and you lose the, the dramatic. Um, facial expressions and everything. Else. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well,
0: that's that's great. And uh, so uh, people can uh, uh, be part of the jury as well. Not Indeed. only see a terrific show, but yes, uh, be part of the jury as well yeah. uh, when they go see witness uh, for the uh, the prosecution. Have, have you been in, involved in this show in,
1: in in the past? Have you done the show? At no, all? I've never done an Agatha Christie play. Uh, oh, really? Before. Yeah. No, okay. no. I have been uh, in very dramatic plays before. Um, I was I I worked in New York City as an actor for many years Uh Um, and then as I got older I started going more towards writing plays and directing plays
0: yeah so you acted in New York what did you uh, act in in New York
1: Um, well I was in a Broadway show uh, at age 22 called ghetto Okay. Um, And it was written by Joshua Sobel. It was at the Circle in the Square Theater on 50th Street. And uh, it was a great experience for a young person. I would guess, Um, yeah. I just got out of school. Um, I went to school at Boston Conservatory of Music. Uh And then I transferred to Circle in the Square Theater School. They have Uh a school. um, But the um at that time the actors any any student were were not allowed to ever audition for the um the broadway shows ah oh. and yeah interesting yeah yeah so hmm. um i i was graduating at that time and it was a very uh large cast and so anyone who was graduating they allowed um well they they picked a few young actors and i i thank thankfully wow. i was picked to audition And um, uh, only two of us got it, and I was one. Wow! Well, that's that's terrific. So
0: you have uh, Broadway in your background. Yes, (laughs) yes. It was a
1: great experience, really. You know, it led to my equity card, and like you know, and I got an agent. So it opened a lot of doors for me.
0: Terrific. So how did you wind up in in Concord, New Hampshire?
1: (laughs) Oh well, listen, long story. (laughs) But I will say this: I grew up in Massachusetts. I grew up in Framingham, Massachusetts, and. Long story short, I did a lot of traveling. I I went to India. I worked with Mother Teresa's Missionaries of Charity. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a time I thought about being a priest as a Catholic. Um, But, um, you know, I got married. I met my my wife um, in New York. And um, I didn't really want to raise my kids in New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to be more. I had a lot of family up in Maine. My dad and my mom, at the time, they had a restaurant up in Freiburg, Maine, where oh, wow. Freiburg cool. Fair is. Yeah, cool. And so, um, and my parents had been, then they got divorced, and then they got remarried, and then they wanted to be, my mom and my stepdad wanted to be in New Hampshire. Yeah. So, I said to my wife at the time, I said, you know what, let's raise our girls up in New Hampshire. <laughs> so, it was it was a big risk for me because my whole life was theater, and yeah. professional theater. And so um, I, I knew I was going to give that up largely. But I still have been able to keep my hand in community theater and writing my own plays and directing. Oh,
0: that, that is terrific. Where have you uh, performed the, uh, your, your one-act plays in the past?
1: Through the Concord Players. Uh, yeah. As I said, in, uh, when I first started writing was in New York yeah. um, with the Miranda Theater in New York. Um, It was a theater company I was involved in, and then as I got here to New Hampshire, a lot of the one-act festivals, there's 24-hour one-act festivals that they have throughout the state, and I've been able to, what's great about that, I don't know if you know the process of that, you go on a Friday night, you meet your, if you're a writer, you meet your director and your actors and then you go home you write a play yeah. you have it ready for 7am wow. and then you're yeah uh,
0: that is something whoa <laughs> it's talk about deadlines yeah, huh yeah wow. uh,
1: a lot of coffee uh, i
0: bet i bet great for deadline junkies that that's for sure yeah yes. yeah uh, we're joined today by Matt Mutry. Matt uh, is the director of the upcoming Witness for the Prosecution at the uh, the Audi in uh, downtown Concord next weekend, next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hopefully the, the snow will blow out of here by then. I'm sure it will. And also Amelia Halstead is with us. And we'll talk more with you, Amelia. Sure. Uh, right after the break here on Kale & Company, WKXL nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Kale & Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, talking about the community players of Concord, now in their 96th season ladies and gentlemen and uh, they are going to be performing witness for the prosecution now agatha christie's classic next weekend february 16th through the 18th at the uh, concord city auditorium the audi in uh, downtown concord and uh, we have uh, in studio with us today we have matt mutri matt is the is the director of the show And Amelia Halstead, starring in the show, is uh, here as well. And Amelia, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your theater background
2: so i've uh, as my parents will tell you my first role was as an oyster in a show that was called alice in blunderland this is back in the (laughs) early 80s um and i've been doing uh theater with churches and um uh, local community productions as a kid uh as through high school yeah and then i went to college i went to uh, arcadia university in philadelphia um, for my bachelor's in uh, theater and English, thinking I was going to be an English teacher in high school and then, you know, run whatever drama program they had. Uh, there were other plans for me. Uh, I actually ended up working at a couple of science museums in Cleveland uh-huh. and in Philadelphia uh, to use my performance skills that way. And then, believe it or not, felt the call into ministry. Um, and so went to a seminary in Boston uh, in 2007 through 2010, and long story short, I am now the current pastor of the First Congregational Church of Concord, right here in town, and have been. It'll be 10 years at the end of May.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. And uh, we were talking a little bit off the air and saying that uh, uh, New Hampshire, you grew up in the, the Midwest, mm-hmm. is is more uh, like uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire is more like the Midwest yeah. than any other New England state.
2: That's the way it feels to me. Yeah. That there, there's just yeah, and and maybe it's the the East Ease, um that folks have but it just feels that way to me and you growing up when Um, In the Midwest, you call anybody, no matter where you know them or not, honey, sweetie, dear, like that's normal. I do that in other New England states. They look at me funny. Uh, I do that here in New Hampshire. Most most folks are like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. So yeah, there's just an ease that's nice.
0: Yeah, that that is terrific. So uh, you've done a lot of theater over the years. Have you Mm -hmm. ever played at the Audi before?
2: I have not. Um, I have had it. It was lovely. I was asked to give the benediction um, for the fireman's award ceremony a couple years in a row uh, back before the pandemic. Um, so I've been in the theater doing other things, but this is my first time trotting the, the boards, as they say, as, a, as an actor. So.
0: so what have some of your favorite roles been over the years?
2: Oh, boy. So I think probably one of my favorite was actually as the narrator uh, in, uh, oh, the, the name is going to escape me, the musical about, um, I'm in love with a girl named Fred. <laughs> um, princess and the pea oh. oh, oh. once upon a mattress oh, okay. yeah, okay. um it's such a fun show um mm. the story the music it was just it, it was a gift um and they they shifted the role a bit for me because it's usually often played by a male and they were like no we want you to do it and i said okay um so it was a gift um and a really really fun play really really fun play
0: now now uh, compare that uh to this one it's quite 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 a difference (laughs) right yeah 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 Yeah,
2: no the musical is all light and fun this one is definitely uh as the 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 photography that they did for the show is very they pulled out the film noir aspect of it this you know takes place later than that but um yeah there is intrigue and um deep plot story um there really is a lot of character uh depth to the characters which is so much fun to play, to really figure out who, why, when we're you know why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I interacting with the other actors the way that I am, um, and giving it just a lot of rich depth to play into.
0: And uh, were you impressed with her her dialect? Uh,
1: yes, and I was saying this to her earlier that she made it easy for me to cast her uh-huh. uh, because the the German came quite easily for her and mm-hmm. so did the Cockney accident mm-hmm. that she has to she's playing a dual role mm. and that's all I'll say about that <laughs> but there are a lot of twists in this play yeah. and there's a lot of you said intrigue right yeah. Yeah, a lot of intrigue Yeah, um, it is a courtroom drama mm-hmm. but it is one that will keep you on your toes mm. to the end mm. and so when I auditioned um, all the people that are, that ended up being in the show, yeah, Amelia definitely had, you know, the character accents down, which makes it easier for, for a director to decide. It really does. Yeah. So
0: uh, for for the audition, we talked about the audition process. Yes. Uh, d- how many people would, showed up for this one, for example, to to audition?
1: Actually, not as many as I had hoped. Oh, for. okay. Yeah. So we. Once I, I still needed about three more roles to be filled, and they were large roles, so I had to kind of start networking, Uh and that took about uh, a good week. To, to get everybody in. Wow,
0: mm. that that has to be a challenge uh, in itself. Do you think it's a? I mean, this is a very intense show, right? I it mean, is. It, it you is. know, uh, do you think that might have uh, prevented
1: some people from uh, from auditioning for it? No, I uh, I think it uh, winter. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people said, you yeah. know, uh, it's Christmas just happening. I really want to go on my vacation, and uh, I had planned this already, and sure. I got a lot of yeah. that. Yeah. You know. And, all, and uh, a lot of people get nervous of the weather yep. as well yeah so uh, and also, you know the selling point actually is Agatha Christie. Yeah. whenever yeah. you yeah. hear her name, a lot of people are excited to see her. Sure place, you know? yeah. yeah
0: yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely when you You know, here Agatha Christie. You know there are going to be many plot twists. Indeed, yes, uh, along the way. Yes, no no doubt about that. Yeah. So uh, you know, all all shows have their challenges, uh, whether they be uh, straight plays or or musicals. What what were some of the challenges uh, in this one? (sighs) (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) That, that, so that is part of the. how do I say it? Mystery that you're going to have to come and find out ah, because okay. there are there are a lot of twists in this play, yeah, sure. and there's one major twist that Agatha Christie purposefully wrote in. And if it if we don't do it right, then it's not going to come off well. But I believe we've conquered that, and so. Um, you're just going to have to come and stay right <laughs> okay. to the end. Oh, and you, you can't leave. The you edge, can't leave. you are going to have seat. the doors locked. You can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> edge of your seat story. Um, and my actors, everyone, everyone, John Conlon, Chris Connell, Amelia Halstead next to me here, are doing a phenomenal job, yeah. and you're going to be really um, excited to see this play. Yeah.
0: You know, I think most people realize how uh, you know how much time and effort is put into producing something like this. Mm. Uh, how, how long have you been rehearsing for this show?
1: So we started actually probably, I think it was uh, about the 8th of December, yeah. right yeah. around there. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And I tried not to overburden the actors <laughs> with rehearsals. He
2: was good yeah, about it. I'll be good, honest. Okay. Especially I during that. the Christmas and New Year yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And then, I mean, where it really starts counting is toward the last two to three weeks anyway, because you want everyone to get their lines down. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I asked everyone to have their lines memorized by the 18th of January. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't always happen, but you at least give them a guide, and you know, depending also on how big the role is, some people have a ton of lines to yeah.
0: Yeah. to memorize, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. sure you would fall into that category yes, do. yes yeah, I do. yeah, 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 absolutely. And of course, all the behind the scenes work that goes on yeah mm-hmm. in, in in a production like this, yes.
1: Um, I have a wonderful stage manager, Ross Gorvitz, um, and Corinne Stanley as assistant stage manager, um, and Ron Bryson, who is the producer, um, and uh, Mary and Craig, uh, who are uh, also helping. They've helped in the production end and also in, um, you know, bringing this set together. Yeah, uh, it's just we have a great group of people that have really put this together.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's a show you don't want to miss, folks, and uh, it's only three performances. That's correct. Uh, Friday and Saturday nights at the Audi in downtown Concord. Communityplayersofconcord.org is uh, where you can buy tickets in advance. Uh, you know the crowds are going to be great. There's only three performances, uh, two uh, Friday and Saturday evenings, and then uh Sunday afternoon at what time? Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Two o'clock on and Sunday afternoon.
1: I'm kind of calling this Valentine's uh, weekend, right? Because it's right, <laughs> yeah, right. now So bring your sweetheart. That's it. Great Valentine's <laughs> Day present. Yeah, absolutely. Taking your, your sweetheart to the theater.
0: Yes. No, no doubt about that because. Uh, uh, the community players have been doing some sensational work for now 96 years. Yes. Mm. That is uh, unbelievable. Amazing. It really is. To keep it going for all that amount of time, you have to have a quality product or mm-hmm. else it, it wouldn't last that long. That's yep, and, and they do. They do amazing work. And Matt Mutry. And Amelia Halstead. I wish we had more time. There's so much uh, to talk about here, but you can uh, go see the uh, great show, Agatha Christie's Witness for the Prosecution, next weekend, the 16th through the 18th, at the Audi in downtown Concord on Prince Street. Communityplayersofconcord.org. Get your tickets ASAP. Thank you both for being here. Thank Thank you, Ken. Ken. Thank you. Uh, Much appreciated. And, folks, remember to always look on the bright side of life. We'll be back tomorrow with the Friday Fun Bunch right here, WKXLNHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental.